The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harky Group, Scott Harkey. All right, we're bringing Natalie back. I told you we're going to get into a bunch of stuff about the industry. We're going to talk about DEI and how it's the survival of the agency business. I want to hear about that. We talked yesterday about a, a talent and the talent battle and how everything's about the people. I know probably a lot of agency people with all the, I, I'm a weirdo and I subscribe to like all these crazy Instagram channels, like, like marketing millennial and agency problems. And I hear you like working for an agency can be shitty. Working in this business can be shitty. It can be hard. You got tough clients, thin margins. And I, I can see how, you know, agency owners like myself and others can be punching bags. I know there's like sharing of salaries and like all this stuff going on it, and, it, and it should mm -hmm. be. But I want to hear about like how we get better. And again, it's not an easy business, especially in the marketing service business. Clients that are listening, let me tell you, it is a tough business keeping people happy and keeping clients happy at the same time. It is extremely difficult with very thin margins, I promise. I've mm -hmm. seen a ton of industries doing this for 20 years, and I think ours is one of the hardest. I, I got to tell you, I'm biased, but I really do. So let's dive into it. Let, I want to talk to Natalie a little more. Natalie Alberta Ducey and their New York office. She's the global chief of staff and corporate secretary at Meet the People. I also, she's one of the founders. She's been in this industry a while. Let's jump into it. I mean, first, I love this topic. I mean, why is DEI survival of the agency business? Help me, help me understand it a little bit more. Sure. So, you know, I think every time you, you talk about DEI, i.e. diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's one of those topics has been here for a while now. And People always do this and they think they are diversified. But the question that I always ask people is, what, what do you want diversified to be? Is it bringing example more and, you know, women, more you know, ethical people? What do you feel that is? Because everyone has a different understanding or idea what it should be. So if I give you an example in the holding company that we have, there's four of us and it's so it's three men and myself. So I, I automatically say 25% diversified, right? Because I'm a woman and I'm a woman of color and everything else. So if we had to put it this way, it's 25%. But let's be also very, very realistic in what else do we need and how do we make it better for everyone? Let's talk about people who have not had the opportunity to actually be at school alone go to a good school to be able to have mommy or daddy or auntie who is working in an advertising industry to promote, to get them into an advertising industry. How do you get all of these other people into the advertising world? And that's the question for me when I, when I think about diversity. We have to always start from the bottom. We need to work our way from the bottom and understand 
what our agency is looking for. I don't also want to only recruit people just to make statistics. It doesn't make sense for the company. It doesn't make sense for the client. It wouldn't make sense for the person that you're recruiting. So what happens if you bring in, you know, if you bring in 10 people who cannot do the jobs, you're going to lose your clients and then you lose the business. So it's always, we always have to be very careful how we talk about this, the, the topic and the people we bring into our companies to be able to represent all the different people in the world. But sometimes we can't do that. And so the conversation needs to be had and it needs to be a conversation that everyone is very honest about because people just want to take boxes and it's done. So I'm going to rip the bandit off a little bit. <laughs> Look, I, I feel like at times just the acronym of DEI initiatives can sound very corporate and people yes. can talk about it in a very non-personal, non-human way. And I wouldn't call it a challenge, I call it the opportunity. And I, I just hear so many talks and I just am like, what the freak are you talking about? I don't, th this is, this is weird. And, and I think to your point too, just to check boxes and just to have a certain makeup to like, then go brag. I'm sorry. Anyone yes. that's like completely bragging about their diversity. Like it sounds weird to me. Like it, to me, it, it sounds, and, and first of all, our industry, in terms of the advertising agency industry, that let's face it was was really mm -hmm. in in the U.S. started in New York. And if you look at history, what happened is, I mean, it's just like Mad Men. A lot of wealthy kids from the East Coast went to work for ad agencies, and it was wealthy white males that worked in the industry. And it really hasn't changed that much, especially at the holding companies. And so, like, I think I I talked to a lot of independents and their agency if it's done the right way and they're at least being open-minded to getting differences of thought and opinion, and background. First of all, I think that makes better work. Echo chambers in New York or LA, the opposite way. I, I think how is that really reaching like a Midwestern audience is probably not. Yeah. There's a lot of bias going on. But if you're really representative of your community and you're, and you're thinking about, again, diversity of, of people, which I think makes the work better. I don't know. That's kind of how I view it now. Our president, Megan Jackman, she's way smarter than me, way more like buttoned up corporate than me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a founder, visionary guy. And I still learn every day. Like I did a podcast and I was like, I had like 20 dudes on, like my, my <laughs> bros. And I was like, oh shit. She's like, dude, come on. What are you doing? I love when people like can call other people out. And I think that's a, a good step. But man, I'm, I'm so tired of the industry just making it seem not personal. And again, I can learn a lot more in this regard. I think I'm biased. I, I think we've done a really good job by challenging ourselves in every area. It's like, oh man, we have a ton of women in leadership. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. well, is that great? Like, <laughs> right? Maybe, but maybe that's not. Oh, we have, at one point I had four white dude owners, right? And so I don't know, maybe being open to challenging yourself is, is I think a good opportunity for this industry. And I do think diversity of all backgrounds, not just gender or race, it could be how you grew up economically or uh, I mean, all sorts of different things, like things we don't even think of. So I'm not sure how to like corporal, corporate, like put it into some sort of trackable thing or is that what sh we should be doing too? Or like, I don't know. I think it's both, you know, yes, sometimes you need to have a, an understanding of who you have in your company and, and things like that. So I, I understand the, the 
no, so the soulless side of wanting to track who you have in your company and to make things better. But look, believe it or not, I was in another company where I was, you know, sat once in a while I go sit in the diversity committee. And one day I had someone actually sort of say, oh, but we shouldn't have it this way because that person is white and a man and da, da, da. And I, I had to sit and say, look, this is not very good. The whole point is we're supposed to have a diversity committee. You're trying to exclude someone. That's not diversity. Diversity is not us trying to exclude people. You're trying to include everyone. And I think sometimes this is where companies and even human beings like all of us do misunderstand what DNI is, what diversity means. You can't exclude people and think it's okay. It's not okay. Be it women or men or any gender, you don't exclude any color, you don't exclude whatever it is, you don't exclude. And when you start picking on the ones that you think you should be excluding, then you're not diversifying. So, yeah, and I, I think, I think based on region too, like I've seen just trends of people want to hire people that are like them. Yes, that makes them comfortable, right? And so I've yes. seen over twenty years just trends that happen, like. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. In Phoenix, Arizona, at one point we had like a lot of Hispanic males, right? And our whole creative department all of a sudden Hispanic males, which is great. And they're awesome. And so we could go check the box and go, man, we're, we're super diverse. But it's like, wait, yes. are, are we? Like, why aren't there more females <laughs> in creative? Why don't we have a female copywriter? Like, and so I, I don't know. I look at it from like more of a, like a, a business lens of getting work that is, that is not too biased in, in any sort of situation. Exactly. And so I, I think one thing that at least we do, and I don't need, you know, we don't do it again to like show the four A's our makeup. Mm -hmm, we do mm -hmm. it. And Megan's great at this, just trying to get balance and inclusion. Right. And yes. And yes. I think based on where your region is, like you can notice some trends and then, and then the friends hire friends and then they hire people you trust. Cause in this business, if you bring someone in that doesn't deliver, like it's your nightmare. Right. So you want to hire people that, you know, deliver. And a lot of times those people sometimes could be kind of like you. Exactly. And it's fine to have, you know, certain trends. I, do, I, I think that's fine. But again, when, when it comes to diversity and, and diversity in the industry or diversity in the world, my take on it is we need to be mindful and we need to also bring people in. But I'm not going to bring someone in just to, to tick numbers. I'm not going to bring that person in just to make the numbers happen. I think that's the wrong way that businesses sometimes operate and you shouldn't do that. Oh, and again, as I said, you don't also then decide that you're not going to include certain type of people because you may want to make it diverse. Again, that doesn't work. So we have to be a bit mindful how, how we do this in, in the different industries or in the world per se. And we can't just tick boxes. I, we just need to be very passionate about this, this and do it properly. One of the more real conversations I've heard on this topic. But let, let's talk about the industry. Where, where do you think this industry is going? What are you guys preparing for? How do you guys see the world over the next few years if you had a crystal ball, which obviously we don't, but. Oh God, I mean, look, I think one big thing when it comes to us wanting to launch Meet the People was wanting to improve all the different parts of the industry, i.e. the diversity front, put in people first, be it clients, be it your employees, be it the investors. Everyone has to sort of have their share, but in a, in a better way, and no one should take advantage of each other. But then you also have the AI thing. So the question is always going to be, 
how this is going to progress uh, because some people think there are certain jobs that yes you will take an ai to do and then there are certain jobs that whatever you do you need a human being to to do that so the question is always going to be not going backwards and not being able to look at you know the advertising world maybe 60 years ago and thinking that was a good way no but what do we want to do it's not just the industry it's the world per se what do we want to do to make the world better and in the advertising world i think one of the things that everyone now sees when it comes to the old school and the new school is the old school actually putting the people first and also the old school trying to make sure that you feel at home when you come to work and you need to, you want to be at work and the company is going to make money but to what extent are you going to have you know are you going to fleece all your your clients before you so it's it's having a balance and i think that's where the old school and the new school is looking at and that's why you have all these new advertising groups coming out because they don't want to do what was done a few years ago and they they've seen what they don't want in, in an advertising world. And so they want to make it better. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, the, the thing on AI that I, I don't understand is how much more efficient will our work be? And at what point do clients get a break on fees? Right? <laughs> yes. Which we're getting questions, probably not as many as I thought I would at this, at this time, probably truthfully, but I, I know it's coming. And I, I'm just curious of how that plays out, honestly. That's the thing that I think keeps me up at night is figuring out, you know, I think efficiency is ultimately going to be good. I, I think it could be good for the client and decent for our margin. I think there could be a balance coming. It's just not here today. And I, I feel like clients have been patient, but I, I feel like it's going to it's gonna hit a tipping point. Yes. I mean, I know I was talking to, I, so me, the people does events where we invite clients and, and also different people in the industry to meet up, maybe a, an intimate conversation, 20 people or so. And we did one recently and I was talking to a client, the client asked me, so hang on, when you're going to bill me, how do I know if it's a human being or an AI, right? And it, 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 that's a fair question because Absolutely. if you were charging that, how are you billing that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I think we're, we're just going to get further up the chain strategically. And let's face it, our fees in, in general as an industry are still way below most professional yes. industries, especially let's, let's say attorneys. And we'll see where it goes and, and how much do, do clients want to bring AI in house? I just don't see them having the talent initially to run the machines. So I feel it's going to fit best within agencies. And I actually think, especially for more boutique agencies, more independent agencies, I actually think there's more of an opportunity to be able to run more marketing for clients. So mm -hmm. I actually think it's going to help us overall. And I think we're going to see a lot less. I mean, because who wants to, I mean, dude, housing creatives and marketing people is hard, you know? Yeah, uh, it's very it, hard. It's, it's you know, we're creative hard. people and fun people and student council people and type A people and financial. I mean, it's, it's all over the board. It's a tough one to run from a people perspective. And if clients don't have to house 300 marketing people, I don't think they would or 50 or 20 or exactly. 10. So my hopeful cap is that it helps the marketing service industry get more work done faster and more strategically, exactly. which clients should be happy. They should be saving money ultimately at some point, And we should be saving some employee count at, at some point. And, not, and again, it's, 
you're not going to see major layoffs because of AI, I don't think, within the next no. 12 months. You're just going to see us get better work done faster, and and but it's still in test phase. I don't know what you're seeing, but exactly. And and I think sometimes you know our industry we do we do get a bit of a bad rap, and everyone thinks it's all fun, fun, fun. But you know these creative guys do work really hard and long hours, and if that means that you bring in an AI to help them not work read that those long hours as well, then that's good for a work-life balance. So as much as everyone thinks we're partying every time as an agency, that does not happen every time. It's crazy. I mean, can you imagine as a creative waking up every day and having to come up with something brilliant and the clock is ticking? The pressure of that, it's it's insane. And I've really had so much more empathy for that side of the business is not growing up as a technical creative, mm. I can't even imagine the, the pressure and how, how do you even have a chance to like think about what you're going to do? You know, that's part exactly. of the job is thinking about the campaign and how, how do you track that in advantage? I don't know. And and some of these guys work for, you know, different clients. So you, you're sometimes trying to tell them to switch their brains into different gears to come up with all of these things within a certain, you know, so, okay. I, you're going to go from here to there, but you need to make sure that it, you have that creativity in, in the next few seconds. And some, I mean, I, you know, so sometimes they're like, you have five minutes to, to give me this creative thing. Yeah. I'm like, what? This is do <laughs> EOB, like, listen, account people out there, clients out there, the better you treat the people in the creative industry, the better work you will get. I promise, I promise, I promise. There's some clients and CMOs that totally get it and they know how to, to give feedback in, in a positive manner. They, they know how to, to extend deadlines. They know how to give proper amount of time for great work. Those are the people that get the best work. I promise you, I promise you, promise you. And they know it. And the rest of the 75% of the world, you don't get the best work because you treat creative like shit. So just a little side note. And and people, because obviously with that, people are your commodity most of the time. Yes. You have the people are the ones who are your assets. Oh, huh. So you need to be making sure that your asset is happy as well. A hundred percent. And that goes for people inside the agency and for clients, both. <laughs> the people. The people. That's just, as you're bringing it back. I mean, the name, I'm so jealous of the name because it's so freaking good because <laughs> it, it, I mean, truthfully, like that's the differentiator. And it sounds like that's your differentiator as a holding company is, is having the people and treating the people right. And that's why, you know, exactly. you're, you know, at the top of the food chain at this agency, because that's how important it is. Any maybe final words for, for us in the marketing industry from you? No, I think you've actually sort of said everything very well, which is we need to treat our people well. We need to make sure that we're treating both the people, i.e. the clients, our employees, our third parties, all all the partners that we have. I always call my third party partners, you know, everyone. That's that's a a big part of our business too. We didn't even talk about it, about our freelancer partners that is is the Mm -hmm. new world. Yeah. So treat your people well. And I think that would make a difference for all of us in the industry. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on. We're going to, we're going to end it there. Thank and you. Natalie, thanks for coming on. I know we learned a ton and I uh, can't wait to catch up at an industry thing soon. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate this. <laughs>